0: entire country has been waiting for after a very close race. NBC News now projects that Joe Biden has won the Keystone State, Pennsylvania, and its 20 electoral votes. And that means we can now project that former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected President of the United States. This is Michael Cohen, and you're listening to the Mea Culpa podcast. The wheels of democracy, while rusty and well-worn, once again proved to be a bulwark against tyranny. Despite best efforts to derail the election with unfounded claims of voter fraud, Joe Biden will soon be the new president-elect. Nothing will stop this from happening. So it's over, folks. It's over. What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing
1: is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Cause when the going gets tough, the tough get going! Who's with me? Let's go! Come on!
0: That said, we're in for an excruciating next couple weeks and possibly months, while Trump and his cohorts exhaust every last legal remedy at their disposal to try and dispute this election. Thus far, Those attempts have proven to be a fool's errand, with judge after judge looking at the Trump campaign's claim over voter fraud and saying, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. For those of you gnawing your teeth and worrying that Trump will refuse to concede the election, don't worry. Concession is merely a custom and has no legal bearing. In fact, preparations are underway for Biden to declare victory at the highest levels of the government. Shortly after, news of his Pennsylvania leak broke. CNN reported that new restricted national defense airspace has been put in place over Biden's home near Wilmington, Delaware. This comes from the Pentagon, and it's a subtle reminder that no matter how much the toddler-in-chief kicks and screams, the grown-ups are already planning for a peaceful transition of power.
1: ...to address uh, and
0: respond to the president's statements. No, i think what the president needs to do is frankly put his big boy pants on he needs to acknowledge the fact that he lost and he needs to congratulate the winner just as jimmy carter did just as george hw bush did and frankly just as al gore did and stop us and let us move forward as a country and that's my feeling i doubt he'll listen to me but that's it in a statement biden campaign spokesperson andrew bates said the american people will decide this election and the United States government is perfectly capable of escorting trespassers out of the White House. Reports are even coming from deep within the West Wing that senior administration officials are beginning to quietly back away from Trump in acts of self-preservation as the president continues his kamikaze mission. Most are fearful of what he will do next. There is an apparent end of days feel inside the White House with the president increasingly isolated. He simply cannot fathom why no one else is coming to his aid. I'm I not asking for that, a little sweetheart letters. I'm asking why aren't they demanding the Department of Justice step into a political crime them. as it you appears can, you can, obviously many? Thank you, Rick, and I will do just that. Yeah, you, and thanks, Rick, for spending that. your time with us, and I apologize for delaying your legal action. The scene is almost cinematic. The final days of the Madman King I would be more frightened if I didn't know Donald Trump as well as I do. And this is not a competent group of people. Trump's decision to dispatch schmuck-and-a-half Rudy Giuliani to Philadelphia seems to be the straw that broke the camel's back. They're not going to steal this election. This election gets decided by the people.
1: These people, the elite, they don't care about the people. The people are the deplorables, the chumps, they're they're not important. President Trump, he's the whole reason that he ran for office, and he's the whole reason for which he's carrying on this campaign, so that your vote can mean something, so that your vote doesn't get wiped out by a hundred thousand fraudulent,
0: meaningless paper ballots that no one gets to observe. And now the rats are beginning to flee as they worry about their future employment and the giant shit stain on their resumes from having worked in the Trump White House. Anderson Cooper said it best with his description of the president as an obese turtle flailing in the sun.
1: That is the president of the United States. That is the most powerful person in the world. And we see him like an obese turtle on his back flailing in the hot sun, realizing his time is over. But he just hasn't accepted it and he wants to take everybody down with him, including this
0: country. Fox News appears to be willing to continue the voter fraud charade a bit longer, telling its on-air talent to stay away from referring to Joe Biden as the president-elect when the news network declares him the winner of the 2020 election. Instead, they should say he has enough electoral votes to win the presidency, according to an internal memo obtained by CNN. The memos reportedly stressed that the conservative network should continue to cover President Trump's court battles in several states over ballot counting we will report both sides until there is further guidance one said listen to jake tapper on cnn's urgent plea most likely to the murdochs themselves to put country over profit so if you are a fox reporter or anchor somebody not on the opinion side and you're going to abide by this crazy instruction you might as well hand in your press credential at the same time because you can't be taken seriously as a journalist. While I have no doubt Joe Biden will be inaugurated as the 46th president of the United States, Fox is only adding fuel to the fire in terms of encouraging a full-on MAGA insurrection. Again, nothing will stop the wheels of democracy. Our traditions and institutions are simply too strong to crumble under the flimsy weight of a fake autocrat. Twenty election, if you count the legal votes, I easily win.
1: If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us. If you count the votes that came in late, we're looking at them very strongly. But a lot of votes came in late. I've already decisively won many critical states, including massive victories in Florida, Iowa, Indiana, Ohio. To name just a few, we won these and many other victories despite historic Election interference from big media, big money, and big tech.
0: But there are still millions upon millions of people who believe Donald Trump won this election, and they are being radicalized by Trump's baseless claims that the election is being stolen. Ronnie, you said that uh, at the beginning that you would be laying out specific violations, and we haven't heard any yet. So I yeah, I, yeah, I do have some specifics. I was told to hold off on on sharing those, but I do have some specifics. We're gonna we're gonna wait until the attorneys look at it but the specifics we have in Georgia are very serious. What he's counting on here is not to win, but to incite chaos. Fox News is the apex predator at the top of a vast right-wing media ecosystem. What they play on their airwaves is taken as gospel by MAGA diehards. And in the days to come, they will be getting increasingly agitated and will take to the streets, most likely encouraged and directed by Trump or his proxies. Listen guys, it's very simple here. A judge in this state
1: issued a ruling that the Board of Elections has summarily dismissed. They believe they are above the law. So because they would not follow the law of the state of
0: Pennsylvania, we have filed for federal relief. On Thursday, a mass text from a Trump-connected firm run by a top aide to the president's 2020 campaign sent unmarked text messages urging supporters in Philadelphia to converge outside a building where local election officials were counting votes. Alert, radical liberals and Dems are trying to steal this election from Trump, began the short text, sent in the hours before former Vice President Joe Biden took the lead in the state. We need you. Show your support at the corner of 12th Street and Arch Street in Philadelphia. Later that evening, Philadelphia police arrested two men in relation to an alleged plot to attack the site. The men drove to Philadelphia from Virginia with guns in a Hummer decked out with stickers promoting the QAnon conspiracy theory. We're learning disturbing new details about an alleged plot to attack the convention center in Philadelphia where votes are still being counted. An anonymous tip led police to swarm a silver Hummer with Virginia plates. They found an assault rifle inside. We are on the precipice here of something truly frightening and dangerous. Again, this will not prevent the peaceful transition of power, but Trump is definitely preparing to sow chaos and violence in the aftermath of this election. In the meantime, Trump's surrogates are desperately seeking support for the president as a reminder to those wondering whose ring needs to be kissed if they're even thinking about sticking their necks out in 2024. I think the Democrats are used to this from a Republican party that hasn't had a backbone. You're not going to see that this time around. That party is gone, and anyone that doesn't fight like that should go with it. Don Jr. reminded them who's still in charge with his tweet. The total lack of action from virtually all of the 2024 GOP hopefuls is pretty amazing, the president's eldest son tweeted on Thursday afternoon. They have a perfect platform to show that they're willing and able to fight, but they will cower to the media mob instead. Less than 20 minutes later, the statements from likely 2024 GOP contenders started pouring in. All votes that are legally cast should be counted, tweeted Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas. There's no excuse not to allow poll watchers to observe counting. He included a link to a Trump campaign donation and added support at real Donald Trump's legal defense here. But I'm here tonight to stand with President Trump. He stood with me. He's the reason we're going to have a Senate majority.
1: My my race was overwhelming. He helped Senate Republicans. We're going to pick up House seats because of the campaign that uh, President Trump won. I'm going to donate $500,000 tonight. Uh, to President Trump's Defense Legal Fund. I've been on your show. You've raised a ton of money for me. Your audience was incredibly helpful to com. Give to DonaldJTrump.com so we'll have the resources to fight. The allegations of wrongdoing are are earth-shattering. It makes the Carter-Warrant page application, uh, Carter-Warrant, Carter-Page-Warrant application look on the up and up. So, uh, Senate Republicans are gonna be briefed by the Trump campaign Saturday, and every Senate Republican and House Republican needs to get on television and tell this story.
0: Within minutes, other 2024 hopefuls were chiming in as well. Free and fair elections is what America is about. Every legal vote needs to be counted fairly and transparently, tweeted Senator Rick Scott of Florida, echoing Trump's campaign rhetoric on the issue. We all owe at real Donald Trump for his leadership of conservative victories for Senate, House, and state legislatures, piped up former UN ambassador Nikki Haley. He and the American people deserve transparency and fairness as the votes are counted. The law must be followed. We have to keep the faith that the truth will prevail. We're on a mission from God. Really? Even as Trump and his family prepare to exit the White House for the comforts of Mar-a-Lago, they will continue to wield tremendous power within the Republican Party. That's why it's crucial for them to maintain the narrative that Trump is the rightful winner of this election. Not for today, but four years from now. And make no mistakes. If there's a front-runner, it will continue to be Donald Trump if he's not in prison. You know what?
1: I'm not leaving. I'm not
0: leaving. I'm not fucking leaving! The
1: show goes on!
0: A fucking wrecking ball to take me out of here but back now to pennsylvania and the city of brotherly love while the world waits for the votes to be counted philadelphia has become the center of the political universe in the days to come the trump campaign will attempt to mount an aggressive misinformation campaign coupled with lawsuits to undermine the legitimacy of the final vote tally in pennsylvania understand what's happening in philadelphia is crucial to understanding the larger objectives of this final front in Trump's war on democracy. To gain some context, I called Chris Brennan, who's the executive director of Defending Democracy, a political group led by Bill Kristol and closely affiliated with the Lincoln Project. He's a veteran, Pennsylvania-based political operative and campaign manager, working with both George W. Bush and Marco Rubio. But he has become a diehard, never trumper, Biden supporter. He also knows the Republican playbook backwards and forwards and can explain in human terms just what the hell is going on in Pennsylvania. So let's listen now to that conversation. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today in what has really been a very hectic 48 to 72 hours. Um, As a seasoned political operative, having worked for both George W. and Marco Rubio, walk me through what you think the Trump playbook is here in terms of contesting the results of the election. And how do you see it playing out in Pennsylvania in specific? You
1: know, it's funny, Michael. I started out, uh, my first presidential race was in 2000. So this is, you know, eerily uh, similar to the experiences of 20 years ago. And it was a bit different, as you may remember from back then, because, you know, when, when, well, first of all, all the votes were essentially counted that first night, remember, like into that first night and the second day. And the recount started almost immediately. And the thing back then was that. It was all dispute on the about the recount and about all those votes and certain. I, I want to say, if my memory serves me correctly, the Gore people had picked four counties to really contest and go through all the disputed ballots and the butterfly ballots and all that, uh, all that stuff. Um, Now we're in a position, at least today, as we speak and, you know, Friday, uh, November 6th at five o'clock, we're still in the process of actually counting votes right now. And Pennsylvania law says that if you are above um, half a percentage point, there is no recount. So if if, uh, you know, we get past that threshold, if the Biden folks get past that threshold, then there will be. In my opinion, no Florida, the Trump people can try to do whatever they want. Um, I don't think the Supreme Court uh, will touch anything uh, at that point. Um, but you know, if we get into recount range, yeah, of course, there's a lot of things that they can do. Um, you know, you might have a situation like Florida where ballots are being inspected and um, you know, we're going through ballot by ballot. But remember again, that was five hundred and thirty seven votes. And that couldn't be overturned. So if this is a situation where it's 20,000, 30,000 votes, you're just not going to overturn that. And they could whine and, you know, and scream and complain all they want, um, but it's not going to really do anything. And eventually we're going to get to a point where if if they keep prolonging, keep prolonging, yeah, maybe the Supreme Court at that point will come in and they, and the Trump folks will be in the Gore position where the Supreme Court will say, hey, look, enough is enough. We've, you know, counted this a million times, we're still at 20,000 votes, um, and they really have no recourse. So again, it's 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 similar to Florida, but it's a lot different.
0: Yeah, except the difference here as well is it's not just Pennsylvania that Trump is looking to do a recount on. And I, I know what you just said, if it's under a half of 1%, then you cannot do a recount. But I've listened to some... Um, pundits on this state that if it is greater, as long as the campaign is willing to pay for the recount, which state does Pennsylvania not have that? And what about um, Nevada, which he's obviously going to um, contest, as well as Arizona, which threw him into a a shitstorm tirade. I yeah. mean, you know, Arizona was called by Fox News the other day. Yeah. And, Others have not. Yeah.
1: On early Wednesday morning, too. It wasn't even like it was, you know, into Wednesday night or yesterday. It was pretty early. Um, And it would be kind of ironic, right, if the state that, you know, John McCain's home state for all those years was the one that kind of really put those folks in a frenzy. I I'm not a thousand percent on this, but I do believe that that threshold is pretty strong. I mean, if they did want to pay for it, I mean, it would be money wasted. Obviously, it's not going to be Mr. Trump's money. We know he's going to, you know, find a way for the uh, RNC or the campaign, uh, you know, have new donors contribute to it, but it's not going to do anything. So I, I guess right now, the and you know better than me, a lot of the folks in, in the Oval Office right now, but, I, you know, I, I would guess folks are telling him like, look, you could do all this, but it's not going to change anything. So- um, you know, with all these recounts again, Michael. If we get down to a situation in a state like Georgia, for instance, if this was down to Georgia, where it's right two thousand votes, or something, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even I would, uh, I would recommend to go to a recount in that situation because it is so close. It, but even still, two thousand votes overturning is very, very difficult, and it's very, 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 very rarely achieved um, to do that. So. But even still, so, so you can imagine if we're talking about 20, 30, 40,000 votes out of Pennsylvania, it's nearly impossible to do anything. And, you know, he could do whatever he wants. He, he could try. I know, Michael, that even well, though, no the- he
0: can't do he can't do whatever he wants. He could say whatever he wants yes. as ridiculous, as stupid and as inaccurate as it is. For yeah. example, he's taking this case to the Supreme Court. And when I heard him say that, I started to actually laugh. Because that's not the way that it works. Exactly. You don't call up, hey, you know, I, I have the, the, uh, the bat phone here, and I'm calling up the Supreme Court. Yeah. And, hey, Supreme Court, I have an issue. And since I put you on, this is what I need you to do. I mean, he's yeah. completely oblivious to the fact that you have to make a petition to the Supreme Court of the United yeah. States to hear a case. I mean, yeah. um, <laughs> can you do me a favor? Can sure. you help to explain to my listeners— the current Supreme Court filing made by the Pennsylvania Republican Party to segregate votes that arrived after November 3rd. What are they looking for with this motion? And what happens to the count if it's granted by the court?
1: So what I think that is, so back a few um, weeks ago, the Pennsylvania legislature had had given folks an ex because there were so many mail-in ballots, as we all know, this is, uh, Pennsylvania is not a state that, that has an early voting program like uh, Florida or Ohio or Texas, it also doesn't, uh, it doesn't have a history of um, let's just say liberal um, absentee laws. So for instance, when you would have to vote in Pennsylvania by absentee, you would need an excuse. You would have to say, I'm gonna be out of the state or I'm sick or "I'm, I'm disabled. So because of now they're figuring there'll be millions of of ballots coming in because of the COVID situation, the legislature and the governor had come up with a deal that said, okay, we can we can give folks uh, three extra days to get their ballots in. Now, again, it has to be postmarked by Election Day, but it needs to arrive in your county board of elections by today, by Friday. So the Trump campaign had had tried to stop that and had tried to, um, you know, stop any of those votes coming in after after Tuesday, again, claiming without any evidence, nefarious purposes and things like that. So I, I know that they were trying to stop that. that they were trying to, um, you know, stop any of those votes from being counted. Also, Michael, remember, that may include overseas military ballots and folks that are happening just to live overseas or work overseas. So one of the things in 2000 and the Bush campaign that we fought the Gore people very successfully on was that, you know, by the way, legally and in the court of public opinion was that they were trying to keep overseas men and women who were serving in the military from having their votes counted. And that would ha- also happen in Pennsylvania if, if, if they were successful. I don't think they will be. We saw the court rule last week uh, that they just they let the lower court ruling stand. Uh, and, you know, those were it was interesting because there were actually uh, Trump appointed um, justices that actually supported that. Uh, I want to say Brett Kavanaugh, I know off the top of my head, supported that. So so, yeah, I don't think that that's going to going to move anything.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to move anything. And to me, again, it's just Donald Trump doing what Donald Trump does best. Yep. He whines, he complains, he makes up facts. Because to Trump, facts don't matter. All yep. that matters is that he gets what he wants. Well, guess what? You orange-crusted Cheeto shit stick. You didn't get what you wanted this time. Yeah. And let me tell you something. If there was any time that you would wanted this to happen that you got what you wanted this would have been it for him because this is going to be a rough rough road for him and for his scion and for kushner um when it when you know when this whole thing really comes to fruition yeah chris have you been following any of the protests in philadelphia what do you make of the trump linked communications firm sending these ghost texts out to their supporters encouraging them to protest and then later that night They arrest two men in a Hummer, armed to the teeth, right, headed to the election center. Is this a harbinger of what's to come as they appeal to the MAGA army to save Donald Trump? Oh, my gosh michael i hope i hope not
1: but i fear it is i think you 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 know as well as i do what these folks are capable of i find it interesting that the campaign of law and order would you know threaten to send mobs into places i mean this is not law and order this is not conservative you know small c conservative this is not what you do this was something that as as a as a lifelong conservative you know i was always opposed to when things like that would happen in 2000 for instance when when people would be demonstrating outside and not letting people do their work, that's the other thing, Michael, is that these folks that are on the front lines, and they are in, in election uh, uh, county election offices throughout the commonwealth and throughout the country for that matter. I mean, these are people that are underpaid, that are underappreciated, that are working their tails off. That like you know, you and I, Michael, have been watching this for seventy two hours. Most of these folks have been working straight for seventy two hours, and they're working their tails off, and. The, all of these uh, county offices, for the most part, have, you know, full disclosure. You can watch live streaming. You can look in windows, things like that. And, you know, a lot of these people I know personally are are afraid. They're afraid to go into their cars at night. They're afraid to leave. And it's all due, as you said, Michael, to um, the this fever that he's whipped folks into. And a lot of his minions uh, are spreading throughout the Internet. And then the thing that you last mentioned, these folks that were arrested with weapons, I mean, This is scary stuff. These are scary times. And we don't, you know, we need a presence in
0: Washington to calm people down. Haven't we had enough of the mass shootings already, right? I mean, I know every time that I've, that I saw these mass shootings, everybody jumps on their Twitter account, their Facebook, their Instagram account, our prayers, our heart, our soul, our thoughts are with you, fill in the blank community, Haven't we fucking had enough yet, right? Where now all of a sudden a presidential candidate is ghost texting to supporters. This is the Donald Trump dog whistle that I've been talking about for a month and a half now since I started or two months since we started this podcast. It's that dog whistle to these unhinged group of individuals that think that they're actually doing Donald Trump a service by taking this ghost text that he puts out there to the supporters, encouraging them to protest, but not peaceful protest. No. Your word is not as relevant as mine. And whoever it is that barks loudest has to be the winner. Well, my bark is better than your bark, so I'm going to equalize that with an AR-15. Yeah. I mean, Michael, can you imagine, just to play
1: devil's advocate, if... um. In 2016, now remember, in a lot of these states, Michael, um, Joe Biden's margins are actually exceeding Donald Trump's from four years ago, like in Michigan, like what it looks like is going to happen in Pennsylvania. And so imagine if four years ago, Barack Obama had sent texts out to all of his hope and change folks and his supporters and said, hey, listen, um, you know, you guys all need to liberate these capitals and Black Panther types were showing up at state capitals with rifles How do you think the people, the law and order people on the right would have been responding to that if if Barack Obama had been doing that? You know, his party wasn't winning that election. Um, And that's the thing. I would have been opposed to it then because I'm a conservative and I'm opposed to and I'm fiercely opposed to this now. We are in completely uncharted territory right now in American history. And it's literally the prime reason that I am opposed to this man and his supporters a thousand percent.
0: Well, what's sad is I know what Donald Trump would have said if it was Barack Obama that sent out this dog whistle that went ahead and put these ghost texts out. He would be, well, what would you expect? This is what we expect from the blacks, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's an educated or an under, this is Donald, Donald Trump is, and I've said it as many times as I care to, he is an Archie, he's just a racist. And he would then turn around and try to blame it on the fact that he's black, as opposed to the fact that, He's doing no, no different than what Trump is doing as far as creating this MAGA army. But yeah. you know what? We, we're lucky so far. The country has thus far avoided any real serious chaos or violence. But it's definitely building as the election carries on. How much do you think these mass texts and these other organizing tactics around protesting the election results will result in people actually getting harmed or worse, killed?
1: Again, I, I pray to God that we all get to what Lincoln called the better angel, angels of our nature. I pray to God that um, other leaders, uh, Republican leaders um, who are more cool tempered will. Uh, and we have seen some of this. You know, I don't want to be um, I, I don't want to be completely 100 percent pessimistic. Um, there have been some folks that have stood up and have said, listen, let's make sure we count every vote. Let's you know, let's take care of all this. I am I. I'm, I am optimistic because we haven't had this yet. But like you said, and like, you know, we haven't had anyone like Donald Trump in this position before. So it's a little frightening. Um, I will say something that I I hope and pray that if Pennsylvania gets called and the margin is out of recount range, right? And it's, you know, it looks like, okay, that this is over and that this guy is, you know, he's done. I would really, really hope at that point, that, um, you know, that, that maybe President Bush um, says, you know, ma- puts a statement out that basically says something along the lines of, I congratulate President-elect Biden on his, you know, winning a hard fall contest. I also commend President for, you know, running a hard fall campaign, but now this campaign is over. And you know, in the tradition of the past 244 years, let's all go forward together in the best interest of the American people. I think if President Bush or former Vice President Cheney put a statement out like that, I think it would really be a splash of cold water on the face of of not just the MAGA folks out there in MAGA land, because I think I think they might be too far gone, Michael. But I think a lot of these people, like Leader McCarthy or uh, or um, Leader McConnell in the Senate, I think it would really put cold water on those folks, and I think they would all start coming in the line and saying, hey, look, we are not a banana republic. We are not a, uh, you know, a dictatorship. This is, this is America. And I really implore uh, President Bush and Vice President Cheney, who have been very quiet over the past four years, for good and for bad. You know, They haven't attacked President Trump. They haven't supported him. But if they came out and said, "You know, congratulations, we won a close one 20 years ago. We know what it's like, and, um, but enough is enough. I think that would help a yeah, lot. Yeah,
0: except, except, Chris, this is not about the vote, as you brought up with his MAGA army and so on. This is all about Donald Trump. Yep. This is all about blowing the dog whistle to stand up and to fight for Trump. Now, they don't know what the fuck they're fighting for. Exactly. They just know that they're fighting for Donald Trump. They're fighting for their status quo, Right. We don't need racial equality. Well, fine. It's, okay, that's, that's fine. I'm happy with the status quo. That's what they're fighting for. And what blows my mind and angers me beyond anger is the fact that Donald Trump picked up 5 million votes more than he had in 2016 when he won right? the election. Yeah. And I'm wondering who these people are that after those like myself who know him better than anybody, stands up for nine hours before the House Oversight Committee, before the world, and I call him a racist, a sexist, a misogynist, a xenophobe, a homophobe, Islamophobe, anti-Semite. He's he's all of this and more. And yet 5 million more people thought that he is the right candidate over somebody who's empathetic, who's kind, who actually has a history in politics, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Right? Who has been able to work both sides of the aisle. But no no no. Let's go with the first choice. You know why? Because my four oh one K is up. It's really terrible. And secondly, we don't call it Magaland on mea Culpa. It's called Magistan. That's Donald Trump. He's going to call himself the president of Magistan and he's gonna run it out of the the winter White House, which is Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, you're so, right. As someone who was around for Bush v. Gore. The cost of contesting an election in just one state sounds astronomical. That's what I was talking about at the very beginning of this. Trump surrogates like idiot Rudy Giuliani and schmuck and a half Dave Bossie are talking about doing this in at least four separate states and simultaneously. What does something like that even cost? Because the campaign is already low on cash. I mean, they didn't have enough money. In order to do advertisements. Yeah. How's it even possible that these two stupid assholes, Rudy and Bossy, or is it just noise once again coming from the Trump campaign, which is pretty much? What they do so much?
1: Yeah, I, I think to answer your last question first, I think it's I think it's noise. I think they're you know they're they're grasping at straws. I don't know the exact cost. It would be in the tens of millions range to do that in all those states, in those four states that you mentioned. Um And again, look, could they raise the money? I, I yeah, I'm sure. Like 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 Nixon said, you know, I know where, I know where to find a million dollars. Uh, I'm sure they could find it. But I mean, show me the donor that's going to piss away. Excuse my French. Uh, that sort of money on what is going to be a losing endeavor. So yeah, could they raise it? I'm sure they could.
0: Uh, it's a lot of money, and uh, they're going to lose. So, so you think it's about ten million dollars to do those four states? Uh, yeah, two and a half million dollars per state. I think something
1: along those lines. And don't hold me to that. I don't know a hundred percent because yeah, usually people don't. You know, if you're not if you're not in that range, why spend that money? Because if it gets down to that, like even if it did get to that half a percent. Uh, the state pays for it and the state does it. And even at that point, it's literally impossible to overturn it. So for over that, if the state is essentially saying, all right, if you want to waste your money, do it, but you're paying for it. And so, you know, I just think it's a giant waste of time. Uh, again, it, it, look, if a state is 500 votes like Florida was 20 years ago, yeah, okay, it would make sense perhaps, but- uh, you know, with the exception of Georgia, I don't see any of these states even remotely coming close to that.
0: Yeah. And Georgia's not going to make the difference once he gets Pennsylvania, it really becomes moot. So I could just imagine, let's play out your, your thoughts in a scenario. You're a mega billionaire and $10 million dollars to these mega billionaires is really very little, but why would you dump $10 million into something that you have zero chance of success for a guy Who's no longer going to be the president that not only offers you nothing in the future, he's going to come to you for cash because he's going to need it once the IRS and the state and all of these plethora of lawsuits start hitting him and his company, right? So why in the world would you throw good money after bad?
1: That's my question. And I, I don't know. Again, I, you know, a lot of these mega billionaires and, and thank you for making me temporarily a mega billionaire. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't do it, I, I, you know, because uh, 10 million is still 10 million. Those folks usually don't get that rich uh, by giving money away. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Michael. I don't think, it, I don't yeah, think not it's-
0: unless it's tax deductible. So, yeah. Chris, what do you Right. What do you make of the Fox News decision to not refer to Joe Biden? As president elect, once he crosses the 270 threshold, Jake Tapper asked the network to put country over profit. And it's dangerous in that it gives validity to Trump's baseless claims. Yeah. What's going on there at Fox? Considering, one last thing, considering that Fox called Arizona before anybody.
1: Yeah. So that's my question. You know, I think Fox is sending mixed signals you hear stories. And I was just reading something this afternoon that indicates that Rupert Murdoch is, you know, starting to realize what what a post-Trump America is going to look like and that they might need to diversify. Also, if the rumors are true and, you know, if Megastan has its own, you know, Trump TV, um, you know, that's a competitor. So I think that explains a lot of what happened on Tuesday night. But, as far as this other stuff now, about not referring to uh, Vice President Biden as the president-elect if he is in fact, called by those states, Fox being one of them, by the way, um, I just think that's just not really um, not really good. It's not really smart. It just it just increases more division. You know, as you as you know, this is usually a time in American politics where we all come together after an election, right? I mean, between definitely between now and the inauguration. And then from a lot of times from the inauguration until maybe that first summer, you know, the country's kind of together. We try to pass legislation. They call it the honeymoon period. And uh, for Fox to start off a new administration like this is just yet a, 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 another one of these Uh, grievance uh, campaigns. It's been going on for way too long in this country for the past 20, 25 years. So I think we need to get past it. We need to grow up. And if they lost, they lost. They need to be uh, big boys and big girls and stand up and try to win the next time. Don't, you know, don't be little babies about
0: it. Well, then what do you make of the CNN report about senior administration and campaign officials beginning to quietly walk away from the president? What do you think's happening here? Are they thinking about their next job and the possibility of never working again if they press this too far? Someone like Kayleigh McEnany, right? And at what point does the Republican leadership completely walk away from the president and say, you know what, my friend, enough, you're lost. I think that's part of it. I think Kaylee is going to be one of those folks that I think
1: uh, kind of like Ron Ziegler with Nixon that will go wherever he goes. And I don't I don't see her uh, completely jumping ship. But a lot of these other folks. Yeah. You know, uh, they were in the administration, some of them for uh, good reasons, because maybe they were uh, conservatives and they thought, okay, they may not like them, but they're trying to, uh, you know, you know, determine the direction of, of where the ship was going. And I think a lot of them, yeah, are just trying to leave the sinking ship and are looking for their next job. So I think it's kind of a, a bit of all three.
0: Well, take a look at Kaylee McEnany for a second. One of the biggest problems is that we start talking about, for example, Anthony Fauci and the terrible things that Trump has said about this, this national treasure of ours And that science isn't real and that you don't need to wear a mask and, you know, safe social distancing is not necessary and it's going to go away. And the China virus. And then somebody as smart as she is, who's a Johnny come lately to the whole thing. I mean, he didn't bring her in at the inception. He brought her in at the very end when he didn't have anybody except this one cheerleader. Right. And then she starts promoting the bullshit and the lies that he's been promoting. And yeah. everybody knows that they're lies, but yet emphatically she comes out and she makes these statements and she does it again and again and again. So where does somebody like that end up going once this shit show called the Trump presidency is over?
1: Um, I'm guessing Magistan. I'm guessing she'll get a cabinet job over there. I mean, all, you know, I'm half kidding and half serious. I mean, I think she will... She will travel, go where that where, where he goes. As we all know, he's not very loyal to anybody, but I think a lot of these folks kind of ride the tiger until the tiger bites them. And so I think she's going to be there. But, but again, we have to also remember that even uh, if, as it looks, they go down, there's still a significant chunk of the country that's going to believe or feel that they were robbed, that this was a stolen election because of people like Kayleigh and because of people like Donald Trump. So, yeah, she could go to, you know, um, you know One News or, or, or maybe even Fox, if depending on where Fox goes. Yeah, so. or
0: Newsmax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see that. Newsmax. Yeah. So Seth Abramson of the New York Times tweeted this morning. I don't know if you saw this. The Trump, no concession story matters in one sense. It points to Trump's plans. The fear is that he illegally manufactures fraudulent slates of electors to send to D.C., knowing the GOP has more delegation votes than the Dems. So watch Representative McCarthy and um, former representative, now um, chief of staff, Meadows. Can you walk my listeners through what Abramson is saying here? I think what he's trying to say is usually the state legislatures, or I shouldn't say usually, the state legislatures
1: sort of – will appoint electors that, you know, the elect from the Electoral College, right? Those are actual people that are, that are, they're different slates, right? So there's, in every state, there's a Republican slate and a Democratic slate, even in states that are slam dunks, right? So there's, theoretically you know four republicans in hawaii that are listed that if donald trump had won hawaii that would have gone to washington now that hasn't happened since 1984 but nevertheless there are still those people so you know it doesn't really matter in a lot of these states but in places like pennsylvania like georgia like um nevada um you know there's going to be uh in the case of pennsylvania 20 electors that um you know, Vice President Biden has chosen, his campaign is chosen, or the Democrats in the state have chosen, and they will go down to Washington in December and they will cast their ballots, uh, presumably for Joe Biden. Now, what I think he's referring to is that in, in some states or in some places, people are are suggesting that Republicans in in those legislatures don't sign off on the actual winners of the state and that they send alternate. Uh, electors to Washington. Um, I think that that's a bit of a stretch as it as it stands now. I know for a fact the Republicans in, in Harrisburg and Pennsylvania are not very happy with that and with the talk that or the, with the talk that they're hearing. Now you and I know we've seen this movie before. You know some of these Republicans grumble and moan and they're like, "No, we won't do that." And then a, a day later they're like, oh, "Oh yeah, okay, we'll do that." So again, I think that it gets back to. You know, Republican longbeards like Bush and Cheney need to come out and, and really put a stamp on this um, before it does start to get to that. Because, like, you know, the Trump folks, I, I will put nothing past them. They will try everything in their power to drag this out and to cause and, and sow more division. It's It's really important in the next 72 hours. And your listeners need to know this and they need to call their representatives. They need to call their U.S. senators and they need to call their state legislatures, state legislators, if they live in Pennsylvania or Arizona or Georgia and and tell them that, look, we need to support the the Democratic institutions and the processes that have been going on for 244 years in this country. We're not a banana republic. You know, if, if somebody wins that state, Those are the electors that are going. This is not, you know, this is not Venezuela. We are not sending two alternate slates from certain states down to Washington. That's just ridiculous.
0: You said it correctly. Nobody today knows what's going to happen based upon history. We have all just drifted so far away from standard operating procedures and norms in politics. And this is the problem when you have somebody like Donald Trump who understands and thrives on creating chaos. You yeah. know, there's a reason why everybody on television calls him Captain Chaos, why they use these sort, these sort of words, because that's what he does. And he plants in the minds of like, you know, the dumbest ass that sat in the Congress, Mark Meadows, right? And they put these sort of ideas in these feeble-minded people. And they then go ahead and they promote it. And then the next feeble-minded person goes, I was there. I was part of that feeble-minded group. The guys that are enthralled with Donald Trump that are part of his cult. I was there. And he gets you to do things that you don't want to do, that you know are wrong, but you do it anyway because it brings him a sense of joy or satisfaction or you get that pat on the back from, from him. And you're not really sure why you give a shit about that pat on the back, but you do. And a guy like Mark Meadows, who really shouldn't be looking for a pat on the back, he should be looking to try to do what's right for America. And America has voted. And America has decided that the racist in chief should no longer be our commander in chief. It's time to give the nuclear codes to somebody who's sane. Yeah. You know, so Chris is someone then who's been in the room when votes are being counted. Do me a favor, and for the listeners, describe the pressure that these election officials are facing when the ballots are being inspected and counted. Because I can't imagine what it's like with the added presence of protesters outside and partisan poll watchers inside, all looking for the smallest sign of malfeasance. Because yeah. then they know, that, then they know, especially you know, the Republicans, that if they provide this information, that this is a feather in their cap as it relates to Donald Trump. So walk me through what's happening here.
1: Yeah, so so basically, you know, these folks, as, as we have discussed before, are, you know, working hard around the clock. They do work in shifts, so it's not, you know, uh, it, it's, it's not as if these people are falling down right now. I mean, they are getting relieved to an extent, but they're still working very long, very hard hours. Um, it's very... Um, Detail oriented work, you know, you're especially if it's, you're looking at ballots that that are mail ins, you know, you're you're matching signatures. You're doing a lot of things like that. And you have supervisors over you. There are a lot of different levels of, of redundancy to make sure that you know, no mistakes are made. And again, it, it doesn't make things easy when you're stressed out that you, you, you know, you're stressed out that there are protesters outside that you have to get to your car that and, you know. Michael, we live in a time. These are sick people, and I remember from 2016. You know, Sean Hannity and you know our old uh, our old friend uh, Roger Stone. You know, was threatening to get people's addresses out. Um, you know, that they were delegates in 2016 that were going to vote against Donald Trump. I mean, this is what they do. This is kind of the sickness. And a lot of these folks, it it frightens them. So I'm sure this is what's going through their minds. But you know what, Michael, Um, they're American patriots, just like you're an American patriot, just like you stood up. You know, you could have done what a lot of people did and you did not, quite frankly. I mean, you didn't ask, you know, you know, you didn't ask to be put in this position. But, you know, you stood up and said, look, enough is enough. I'm an American first. And I think these people are doing the same thing. Um that you 've done over the past couple of years, so uh
0: right, but i don 't want to confuse i don't want to confuse these patriots that are actually doing a service by you know counting the ballots and working um, for the benefit of the electoral process you know, yeah had I not been thrown under the bus by Trump and others i don 't know if I would have been out of the cult. It was only up until the time that I really witness the the sadness and the despair and the destruction of what was happening in my family, did I turn around and I realize, what the hell am I doing? Right. Yeah. My first loyalty has to be to my wife, my daughter, and my son, and Absolutely. my country. Absolutely. And there were things that I started to see Trump doing that I found so offensive and so harmful to Our future is a democracy, whether it was his private conversations with Putin, right? Whether it was separating children from their family. My father's a Holocaust survivor. And I heard the horrible stories of families, his included, that were separated from their children, never to see their parents again. And that's what this man did. Why? Because they wanted to come to this country for a better way of life? Because they had they had no opportunity where they're at, and we have a process, an immigration process, but he didn't care, and so it's okay to take a a, a newborn, a three month old a six month old and put them with other children in a cage with a yeah. bottle of water and expect that child to to take care of itself. It's just disgraceful, and then watching yeah. the you know the these racists, these white supremacists walking down streets, running people over, screaming, "Jews will not replace us," and then yeah. the the attacks upon um, you know Black Lives Matter by Trump and Antifa, his go-to line. I mean, what the hell is going on here, right? With these, what's go, what's going on? What am I missing? And then you have these pollsters, right? who are doing a service and now they need to be intimidated for doing this important job. Yep. And this is what they do, but this is what, you know what, but there have
1: been periods throughout our history when good men and women stand up and they do the right thing. You know, I include you in that category. I include these, these other folks in that category. It'd be very easy for a lot of folks to say, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm going to take the quickest way out. I'm, going to, I'm not going to show up. I'll do this or do that. And these folks that are just showing up all throughout the country, not just in Pennsylvania. And again, another thing, Michael, these folks are Republicans and Democrats. These are not all Democrats in these counties. These, I mean, I know, and I could name you 10 off the top of my head that are Republicans that do this and that are conservative. And guess what? Are Trump supporters, many of them, but they are doing, they, they are putting country first and they, are, and they are there, they have sworn an oath, they're doing a job and they're working their tails off. And the fact that they have to deal with the added pressure, you know, forget the pressure of democracies on your shoulders and you're counting these votes that are gonna determine where the world goes for the next four years. You know, y- you're, you're worried about all these other things that are going on and no, who needs to deal with that. And the fact that these folks in the White House are pushing this, that that them and their allies is completely, completely un-American
0: and anti-American. It's it's unprecedented. It's unprecedented in American history that the president and his senior people are, are blowing these dog whistles for the MAGA armies and for these disruptors. I mean, you know, to jeopardize the, the, the life um, and the, the safety of people that are just, trying to count ballots. I yep. mean, it's not as if they can say any one of these individuals took a ballot that was for President Trump and ripped it or put it to a yep. box and then lit it on fire. None of that is happening. Yep. Right? Despite the fact that our captain of chaos is making these sort of latent um, statements that are going out to these these um, MAGA folks and giving them justification for them to go out and to behave like just total maniacs.
1: Yeah, so I know that it's all through, I I know that in a lot of these counties, their own sheriff departments um, in the city of Philadelphia, the police there have been been monitoring this. And again, I'll get back to what I said back when we started, but it's, you know, I thought law and order was a campaign issue. So now you're going against that. And now, by the way, you're, you know, look, I don't support, Anybody uh, taking the law into their own hands and burning buildings and doing whatever, whether it's a, a quote unquote riot in any of these cities or it's these folks doing what they're doing now. The problem with the Trump people and their supporters is that when it behooves them, they'll go to violence. Right. And this is, bra- I mean, again, Michael, I don't use this lightly. I'm a history buff. Um, i I I've, you know, I, I've read a lot of that period in the nineteen thirties and nineteen forties. And this is this is brown shirt tactics in the streets of Germany in the early nineteen thirties. I mean, this is literally how Hitler and his cronies got to power was that they had these ro- roving band armies of, of you know uh, brown shirts and the, the the Bolsheviks, the communists had their groups and they would be fighting in the streets of Germany. And you know, we would grow up and watch these documentaries and think, wow, that would never happen in America. But I mean This is literally happening right now where you have and it's it's not some low level person spouting this nonsense. And you have a presidential candidate saying, no, 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 we don't want that. This is coming from the top. And this is completely unprecedented, not just in America, but in Western European democracies. You don't see this. I mean, really, outside of the 1930s and 1940s, you haven't seen anything like this in Western liberal, small L liberal democracy. So it's frightening. And again, all the people from the police that are protecting these folks that are going to put their lives on the line, you know, Magistan claims they're for the police, but you know, they are, uh, they're putting police in danger. They're putting these workers in danger who are on the front lines of our democracy, who are the unsung heroes of this. And so it's behooves people like you and I and, and, and your listeners. And, uh, Supporters of the rule of law to stand up and say, no, this is America.
0: Yeah. So as we're sort of wrapping this all up, I want to talk to you about something that uh, was a very interesting time in my life in 2016, when I sat with CNN's Brianna Keeler with the famous Says Who, where she was asking me about the polls and that the polls all had Trump losing. And I responded, says who? Because I knew what poll she was talking about. I had, I had been tipped off about the poll that they were referring to. And that poll was a phone-in poll where 1,000 people, which is considered a large subset, all gave their opinions. And that these opinions were that Donald Trump was going to lose in 2016 and lose badly. Now, what I also knew looking at the poll statistics, was that 80% of those people were registered Democrats that have never voted for a Republican in their life. So that poll from its inception is skewed. And all it does is benefit the network or the networks or the reporters who want to report something about their belief, their opinion, where the where the campaign is heading, where the election is heading. And I bring this up because once again, the polls were totally wrong on election day. It seems that the polls themselves as instruments are just not calibrated properly to capture certain political nuances, political nuances like Donald J. Trump. Yeah. Can you explain to me what you think those are? And what will pollsters do moving forward? When they're faced with similar circumstances. You know, Michael, that's probably the best question
1: coming out of this whole campaign is that, you know, I know some folks have uh, have looked at some states like Minnesota, New Hampshire, and they said, well, the polls were spot on there. Florida was, you know, close to the margin of error. But Michigan, Wisconsin, again, like four years ago, uh, were totally off the map. Uh, Texas, which was supposed to be a, a toss up, was about six points for Trump. Uh, Ohio was eight points. It was supposed to be tied. So, yeah, there was a lot of there were a lot of errors and now two elections in a row. And so that's also sort of frightening. I think, you know, things are changing uh, as, as we know, but they've been changing for a while. You know, the Internet is is, is not new. Uh, I know that was supposed to throw things off initially uh, 20 years ago that 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 pollsters were losing people because people weren't, you know, didn't have phones anymore, that they were just relying on cell phones or things like they try to make all these adjustments over the past 20 years. And they've gotten a lot wrong. I, they were right in 2018. I think And again, I am not a pollster and and I don't pretend to be a complete expert, but I have been around uh, this business a long time. And I will tell you that um, there's something going on where there are people that polls are missing. We were told about the shy Trump effect. I don't know if it's maybe shy Trump or if it's just these folks just don't, you know, they get a phone call and they hear it's, you know, opinion research or survey group or whatever. And they just say. I'm not going to talk to them, And they hang up. And maybe those folks are much more uh, destined to be Donald Trump supporters. Um, I, I mean, if I had to take a stab at it, Michael, that would be what I would guess. Because, you know, we did again, we didn't see this in 2014. We didn't see this in 2018 in the midterm elections. But in 16 and 20, we've seen this. And uh, it's kind of frightening in a lot of ways.
0: Well, then, how then do you explain pollsters getting wrong? An entire community, for example, like, in Florida, the Miami Cuban-Americans. I mean, I know so many of them down in Florida, in the Miami area, from the Cuban community. And they're some of the best businessmen I've ever met in my entire life. Some of the smartest guys I've ever met. And yet the pollsters had, that, had them as a community all for Biden. And yet it appears from recent data accumulated from the election that the predominant of the Miami Cuban Americans voted for Trump. And it blows my mind because I remember after, again, that statement, I was tasked with cleaning up the whole Univision problem. Mm -hmm. And it was insulting to the entire Hispanic community, which is how they took it. Now, I know that Donald Trump uses certain terms that maybe they – related to like fascism and socialism and, you know, calling Joe Biden that, which becomes reminiscent of, you know, their times with Fidel Castro. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, Michael, I think
1: you're absolutely right. I I think, um, you know, when you look at, you know, most places throughout the country, Joe Biden improved drastically on Hillary Clinton's numbers with certain groups and in certain areas, but that Miami dade number, I think that was a lot, a lot of us in the country when we saw that number come in early on Tuesday, were a little gobsmacked. I know just from watching last weekend uh, reports that the the Biden campaign was a little nervous about early voting in those communities and the numbers weren't exactly where they wanted them to be. So it was something that was kind of in the back of my head. But, you know, Hillary won those the, the Miami-Dade by, I think, 30 points um, four years ago, and Biden won them by 10 in Miami-Dade. And then that was, I mean, that was very very shocking. I think you're right. I think the calls of uh, you know socialism and communism and and his stances, um, you know, in, in Venice, you know, against Venezuela, uh, the, the government against Venezuela. I think that plays very well in that community. And. Um, you know, I, we, I don't think we really saw it in other states. Uh, but again, the Latin community is very diverse. That's another mistake people make that they just assume Latins are Oh, OK. So anyone who speaks Spanish is in this group. Uh, they don't realize that Puerto Ricans are very different than Cubans who are very different than Dominicans who are very different from the Mexicans and Guatemalans and Nicaragua. You know, so it's it's a very, very diverse community. So we saw that, you know, the folks uh, in the Latin community in, in, in California and in Arizona and New Mexico uh, you know, voted pretty much as they normally do, very democratic, but in that South Florida uh, community, primarily of Cubans and also of, of, other, of other groups, uh, I would have thought actually, Michael, the Puerto Rican community in, um, in Florida that, that were uh, you know displaced after the hurricane a couple of years ago would have come out stronger and in force against Trump. But um, for some reason, that's, that's some work that the Biden folks should have done a lot better in the Hispanic community.
0: I mean, Trump didn't even step up after that hurricane. It's like, wait, wait, is Puerto Rico part of America? Yeah. Why do we have, right? I mean, I mean, the guy, the guy is truly unbelievable. These people are decimated, decimated. And then you get like this asshole, um, Geraldo Rivera goes over there hanging out with his aunt, right? You know, with the tears in his eyes and so on, comes back to America, goes down and has a steak. Meanwhile, did he have one conversation with the president? You think maybe we can do something here? You think maybe that these people who are American, that they deserve to have some sort of relief package sent over there? You think maybe there's something that we can do? But, you know, as we finish up, the part that really, again, blows my mind the most is, and I, I think it's the third time I'm bringing it up, so you got to realize it's, it's on my mind. Five million additional people voted for Donald Trump this time this 2020 versus 2016 election. And what blows my mind, and it's it's irrefutable, that since taking office in 2016, Donald Trump has lied to the American people more than 30,000 times. That's verified, right? They had the marble count and so on, they, I think they ran out of marbles. What drives me up a wall is all of these lies that he makes and I'm so proud for the first time in a long time of the news, the the networks, whether it was the CNNs, the ABCs, NBCs, MSNBCs, and so on. Why? Because as Donald Trump, now on his way soon to be former president, continued to spew the lies about what's going on in the polls with the ballots and so on, they actually left the televised statements by the president that were live and they shut it down. That was great. And it's the first time that they've done that. Could you imagine how much better off we would be today? Had we sent the message to Trump that you're going to get up there in front of the press and you're going to bold face lie, which is what you do. We're going to shut your ass down. We're not going to allow you to use us and our platform in order to continue to promote your lies, to spew your hatred and your divisiveness. How much better would we be today? (laughs) Michael, if we had another hour, we wouldn't even be able to scratch the surface of that
1: question. If they had done their job in 2015, this would have been, you know, he would have been out of the race by Labor Day. Um, I'm happy they're, you know, late to the party. I'm I'm happy they're, you know, better late than never, I guess. Um, They should have been doing that in 2015. And this whole thing could have been avoided, right? Uh, but unfortunately they didn't. And they, and, you know, just like the head of CBS said, you know, he may not be good for America, but he's good for CBS.
0: You're referring to the profitability based upon the shit show that Trump created. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And yeah. And so I was happy to see that last night that they, that they pulled away. Um, like I said, I wish they'd done it in July of 2015. And, uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now, better late than ever.
0: Yeah. Well, Chris, let me thank you again, you know, as we, Go back to our televisions to watch the whining crybaby, you know, sit there in the West Wing with his thumb in his mouth, um, waiting for the ultimate, you know, response that our 46th president of the United States is going to be Joe Biden. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm certain that you are. And um, I hope everybody that's out there listening, you know, feels the same uh, because we really do need to get back on track as America. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today and for your insight, invaluable and very much appreciated.
1: And Michael, thank you for having me. Thank you for doing everything that you're doing. Um, You know, I count you as one of the good guys and one of the patriots and uh, let's just keep fighting.
0: And now for today's mea culpa. The slow drip, drip, drip of returns while we wait for a Biden victory is excruciating. If only because the alternative is too much to fathom. In one box is something wonderful, a new puppy, and in the other box is a terminal cancer diagnosis, and you just have to wait to find out which one they're gonna give you. But as stressful as this is for me, it's one million times worse for Donald Trump. And that actually gives me incredible fucking joy. The walls are closing in on him and his people are walking away. He knows he's losing, and they know he's losing, and nobody wants to be around a loser. Most of all, Donald Trump, So you have a man, quiet, literally disgusted with himself. The level of sociopathy here is staggering. The question though, is when will those closest to him decide that enough is enough? Right now, Mark Meadows is one of the most dangerous men in America. He is the president's ear and is continuing to feed him this crazy bullshit. This in turn adds fuel to the president's mania and belief that this election has been stolen from him. I know the position Mark Meadows is in at the moment. I once stood where he stood, whispering in the president's ear. It's an intoxicating place to stand that close to the true levers of power, but it also comes imbued with certain responsibility that thus far no one has been able to master. He simply is that evil in that he corrupts everyone who comes into his circle. Meadows could be moderating force for Trump, but instead, He stands there brainwashed and mesmerized like a dumbass for the moment. The only way to avoid the bitter recrimination of the future is to walk away from Donald J. Trump now. And thanks for listening. Maya Culper is brought to you by LSJ Media and Audio Up in association with Midas Touch, and it's hosted by me, Michael Cohen, produced by Audio Up by Jimmy Jelnick and executive producer Jared Gustad, and it's edited by Tyler Dawson.
1: Angie's list is now Angie, A-N-G-I. And caring for your home just got easier. Whether
0: you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus,
1: you could see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's dot com.